Hey everyone, welcome to Hotel Vicarious, where we are currently counting down to Bridgerton. This marks our 30th episode. Can you believe it? This week, we're chatting about Austin Land and the Spanish love deception. Hello, Hotel Vicarious guests. I'm, I'm rolling with the hotel theme here. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Welcome back to the hotel. It was closed for a brief period of time while we mm-hmm. took a little breather after our <laughs> witcher slog, but we are back um, and we are officially... Counting down the days until Bridgerton season two. Oh my god. I can't believe I, we're finally here. I am so excited. Me too. I'm ready. I need a little bit of Regency debauchery in my life right now. I know. But also I just have like one slight bone to pick. That during our self-imposed break, <laughs> Netflix decided that that would be a great time to announce that they are doing The Last Kingdom Season 5 in two weeks from now, (laughs) which really throws a wrench into the plans that we had um, for the podcast in terms of The Last Kingdom. But nevertheless, we are soldiering on and we will go back in time even farther. Um, Once Bridgerton is over, we will head to the... Iron Age? Is that what it is? It's called the Iron Age. What's like the time period of Alfred the Great? The Middle Ages. The Dark Ages. The I don't Dark know. Ages. The uh, 9th or 10th century. The Brass Ages. I don't know. Who knows? The Age of Vikings and <laughs> Saxons and. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited that The Last Kingdom is coming out. Uh, yeah, after being completely in the dark for the last, I don't know, six months waiting yeah, for them to make some least. sort of announcement, now they're dropping promo and behind the scenes and trailers, and it's just like all or nothing, baby. Yeah. That's how it works. It's it's a lot, which is great. I love it. Um, But I just wish that it was coming out in April. <laughs> like, yes. so why much. Why can't Netflix call us up and say, hey... Jenny, hey Daria, how would this benefit you and your podcast? All we asked was for you to come out a month later. Like, <laughs> come on. So I know. I know, but so close to our boy Utrid. Who looks I can't wait. So good. Mwah, so good. Every time a new season of Last Kingdom drops, I just remember how beautiful Alexander Draymond is. And I know that that's probably not why a lot of people are watching it. And it's not like why I'm watching it necessarily, but it is such a lovely added bonus. I know. I mean, he's also a very good actor. And for sure. I'm sure he's a great director, which we will see for the first time this season, which I'm also very excited for. Super but talented let's man. let's not lie. He has a great butt. (laughs) Yeah, he has a great butt. It's true. He totally does. There's no Um, butt stunt double. It's a fact, okay? You don't have to worry about any padding. Like some other actors. (laughs) 
I'm not gonna name names. Oh my god, how do you even pat a butt if it's naked? And you know, I don't even. T- I don't even <laughs> no, I'm talking about the myriad of like superheroes oh. who definitely have some foam padding in those suits. Okay, along with some lifts, but that's neither here nor there. Speaking of superheroes, uh, this weekend I went to the Avengers um, immersive experience. Okay. And it's basically just like a bunch of props from the movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like this whole like big thing. Anyway, it was pretty fun. It was like just like under an hour for you to like walk through the whole thing. My six-year-old really, really loved it. So that was well, the benefit. you do. Yeah. Um, my husband also really, really loved it. <laughs> so uh, it was really for them. Oh. But they did have a suit that Captain America wears uh, in, I think it's Age of Ultron, mm. when they have the Battle of... Sokovia. Oh, Sokovia. And I don't know if it is like... Movie magic? Movie magic. It's tiny, like, it? It's tiny. It is so small. Like... Well, it's where did all the tight. muscles? Okay, but no, Daria, I, I am tell, I am telling you, like a twelve-year-old boy could fit in this costume. Like it is so small. I was like, where do the muscles go? So do we think that? Where do the muscles go? No, I won't say it. Where um, there is no America's ass was not fitting in that pa- those pants like i'm sorry like it was unless it was like america's thong because it was uh, so tiny i mean maybe america skips leg day and that's the problem yeah like honestly i was just i really was expecting it to be a lot bulkier in the shoulders mm-hmm. and like i know it's a suit and i know he's not <laughs> wearing it but like i was just very surprised that it just looked very small you know who did not look small the Black Panther suit. <laughs> it looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the other one that I noticed that was really small, like, that I found, like, I was very surprised by was Falcon's, like, vest. Huh. Like, it would not even have fit me. <laughs> like, it was very tiny. I was surprised. Again, I don't, it was weird. I, I don't know. And then I was, like, saying to my husband, like, do you think these are just, like, remakes of the suit <laughs> and I was like that's probably what it is and then I like looked closer and there was like a little thing was like this was worn by I was like oh. have you seen that TikTok that's like I'm putting on my husband's sweatpants because I want to feel small and delicate and then they fit like <laughs> great right 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 sometimes I pick up my husband's clothes and he's six foot something and yeah, he's, he's pretty tall compared he's to a you. big dude and sometimes yeah. i put on his sweatpants and i'm only five two and i feel like fuck dude maybe these fit me too i don't know clothes are confusing jenny is it's all true oh yeah no 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 <laughs> none of my husband's clothes fit me let me tell you he could like i could fit two of my husband in some of my shirts yeah so like look i'm not like body shaming chris evans i'm just saying <laughs> where did those muscles go they're in post (laughs) they're in post exactly no um we we know just kidding we love you chris evans we do come on the show we'll talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll talk about costuming magic exactly and speaking of costuming magic we have a lovely regency romp 
uh, today. It's Austin Land, directed by Jerusha Hess, based on the book by Shannon Hale. Produced by the infamous Stephanie Meyer, which I did not know until <laughs> I rewatched it recently, and yeah. I thought, huh. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently she owns a, like, production company who has produced this and the movie The Host. Oh, and... yeah. But isn't The Host Twilight fanfic or no? Mm, I think probably is. Everything <laughs> is Twilight fanfic at this point. It's, like, so, like, Inception. You don't even know anymore. No, you don't. <laughs> So, Austin Land, for those of you who have not seen the movie, but we desperately suggest that you stop this podcast, go and watch it. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, and then come back and listen to the podcast, because it is, it's really just so much fun. It is absolutely hands down ridiculous. Yeah. But it is, it's just fun. It's just like a fun, it made me laugh so hard, still. All these years I, later. I was watching it and my husband was in the other room and he's like, what are you cackling about over there? And I was yeah. like, oh, just Jennifer Coolidge being perfection <sighs> as per usual. Jennifer Coolidge is like this treasure of physical comedy that like no one else can pull off. Like just no one. <laughs> There's just, I mean, and it's as simple as, like, a hand movement or an eyebrow twitch or a jaw, like... Her mouth. It's just her mouth. Like, I just... What does she do to her? Like, and, like, this woman, like, God, Stifler's mom, like, she has run the test of time. Truly. You know? I know. (laughs) I genuinely will watch something knowing that Jennifer Coolidge is in it and of course that means I've seen a lot of really questionable things over the years right but she is always the best part about anything that she is in no it's absolutely true like I mean I know we talked about White Lotus earlier in the podcast she is great in that like but she always kind of plays kind of the same role (laughs) in some way I don't think I've ever heard her not play Stifler's mom. But right, <laughs> right, 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 right. More right. movies need Stifler's mom in them. For sure. You know? Agreed. So totally. The typecasting works for me. It really does. So Austin Land is... <laughs> it was a romance novel written by Shannon Hale, like we said, in 2007. It was... Based on a woman, uh, a single woman in her 30s who's obsessed with Jane Austen um, and specifically um, the 1813 novel Pride and Prejudice. And she travels to a British resort called Austenland, uh, in which the Austen era or the Regency era is recreated in an immersive event, adventure, vacation package. Um, yeah, it's like when... The likes of which no one has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's like when people go LARPing. But, yes. you know, instead of it being like 
orcs and elves and yeah. knights. It's, you know, ladies it's and dukes. and LARPing. <laughs> it's live action Regency roleplay. <laughs> God. Would um, you would you go? Would I go? <laughs> Daria. I have already done this multiple times. Uh no, I have not actually ever been to something like Austinland, but f- some of you know that I um in previous pre-child years, I did some reenacting with a historical group reenacting the war of 1812 so yeah i have but it was more it was not like yes there were moments where there was like there was some dances like there was some balls you got to get dressed up in a nice cute dress do the whole pride and prejudice thing i did dance with a couple of red coats uh on multiple occasions however no, it was fun. Like I it is fun. Um I had it I enjoyed it. I enjoy doing reenacting. There are massive differences between reenacting and doing LARPing. this sort of larping thing. Um and one of the biggest ones is that you shouldn't be doing this um in places like Monticello, mm-hmm. Colonial Williamsburg. You know, because if you do it there, if you're dressed up there, like you are from the Regency period or from mm-hmm. the 18th century, it's just enslaver cosplay. And yeah. that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not at those, like at those sites teaching people, yep. but you're also in costume, you should not be in costume. Yeah. No, but that's a very good point. If you want to go... And B, go to, like, a fancy house or go to a picnic in a park dressing like, you know, Daphne Bridgerton, do it. Enjoy it. (laughs) But just pick the place, right? Yeah. Pick the place. Be thoughtful. No one wants to see enslaver cosplay. Okay? Yeah. No one. That is super fair. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, I mean, I mean, it's fun. I think it's a fun thing. I think going to Bridgerton picnics, which are super popular right now, like in the last year, they were very popular, you know, after it came out um, at Christmas in 2020. So I think, yeah, it's super popular. I think if someone tried to do it now, they would it would be it would do very well. That's what I kept thinking while watching this again, because, I mean, we I we both watched it back in 2013 when it came out. Yeah. Um, and we talk a, a lot about kind of the movies that we pick and how they fare on Rotten Tomatoes and how a lot of these, like, rom-com-y or, like, female-led films don't always do so, so well. I think it's if true. Austin Land came out right now, it would do gangbusters. Like, it would just... Yes, I agree. Do so, so well. Austin Land walked so Bridgerton could fuck in a library. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it opened the gates. Yes. You know, Austin Land could have used more touching. But that's against the rules. It is. Even though. Okay, so let's talk about Austin Land, right? Yes. It's a resort yep. in somewhere 
in in the UK. It's yes. kind of undisclosed, but it's this yeah. big, beautiful um, estate. I think it was filmed in. Um, oh gosh, where was it filmed? I know the the place is called Wycombe Park. The like the house itself is called Wycombe Park. I just don't know where in England it is. Austinland. It's in this big, beautiful estate somewhere in the UK, and all of the guests receive pseudonyms and costumes. So you basically just come with like a duffel bag. You don't really need anything while you're there because you are always going to be in Regency costume. Yes. And the big highlight is that in your week. However long you stay, I think it's a week. It's yeah, a vague in the I film. think so. Yeah, you get to interact with these men, and they're going to like romance you, and you're sort of guaranteed a happily ever after, right? Before you pack up your bags and go home. But there's like two rules: one, no touching allowed, and two, no modernisms. So no cell phones, no modern clothing, like. You're supposed right. to sort of talk like you were in the Regency era, dress, eat, sleep, whatever. Um, right. And like most of those rules are broken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like immediately. Sure. The no touching. Like. <laughs> right. How is someone going to romance you to the point where they're going to like get engaged to you by the end without actual touching? So I know. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. The whole. And that's like one of the things I think that's the funniest. And it is one of the plot points in the movie and in the book that right at the beginning, Jane, the main character um, who is, has come from New York to attend Austin Land, she hides her cell phone inside her corset. Yes. Because she's like, I am not leaving my cell phone behind. <laughs> like, we, And do no. you love that it's a pink razor? Yes, I know. <laughs> the iPhone definitely existed. In 2013, so it's actually amazing. Well, and maybe it's fitting for Jane's character that she would yeah. still have a, like, hot pink right. razor phone. Because she's, like, so... she. You really see, like, in the beginning of the movie, you see, like, she's so obsessed with Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. And, like, she has... There is just Jane stuff everywhere. There's Jane Austen books everywhere. There's there's everything to do with the Regency. Is like there's fashion plates on her walls. There's a life size cardboard <laughs> cutout of Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy from the 1995 BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. There <laughs> is who gets punched in like the very first scene by her boyfriend who like she's mad he's mad that she won't like make out with him on the couch because she's watching the scene in which colin firth walks into the lake in his white shirt <laughs> and i yeah. i love that they don't shy like usually with movies like this when you see a montage of childhood stuff they'll they'll get a, a kid actor but i really love that they just let carrie russell go from like awkward brace face 12 year old up to college up to so great just like changed her hair that was that's so good i know (laughs) carrie russell is a queen she can play 12 honestly so jane arrives in england (laughs) in this like homemade costume uh that is just made by her best friend who is such a ride-or-die friend because she thinks that Jane is out of her goddamn mind. 
crazy. But still helps her, like, put on a cute little dress for her right, trip exactly. out to Austin Land. Exactly. And so Jane, you know, so Jane meets uh, at the airport waiting to be picked up. Jane meets the first um, attendee, her fellow guest, who introduces herself as Ms. Elizabeth Charming, played by everyone's favorite, Jennifer Coolidge. And she is wearing this, like, most absurd getup. I don't, it hurt, like, this massive pink hat. Like, it, it is, she's just, she's absolutely bonkers. She has, like, no idea anything. She has, she has nothing to, she doesn't know what Jane Austen is at all, basically. Which, like, and it's never explained how she has even come to be here. Like, she doesn't really know <laughs> anything at all. Or it doesn't seem like she does. So they are picked up uh, from the airport, <laughs> which this is like such a dumb little thing. But like they're picked up in this like old fashioned car by Martin, who is like the chauffeur servant guy, mm-hmm. um, played by um, Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords, <laughs> who is just so good in this. He's, He's so good. So funny. He's so funny. Um, he has such great comedic timing. But Jennifer Coolidge, she says something about, she's like, oh, he's picking us up in one of these great 18th century automobiles. (laughs) Like, she's just, she's just so dumb. But, like, I just love it so much how stupid she is. Uh, So, yeah, so then we get to finally meet uh, Mrs. Waddlesbrook, who... (laughs) manages and runs the um austin land uh and played by everyone's favorite dr quinn medicine woman (laughs) yes a stunning turn for jane seymour oh my god and i really i truly love jane seymour like i love her so much like look dr quinn medicine woman had a lot of truly problematic content truly problematic content but as like a 12 year old it was like my favorite show okay can i tell you something i've never seen a single episode of dr quid medicine woman daria you don't know what you're missing definitely don't watch it now (laughs) do not watch it now it is truly terrible um however man saturday nights at eight o'clock on abc whew, that was where you needed to be in the late 90s uh, <laughs> i was I too busy watching tgif wait wasn't that on abc too yeah that's on fridays tgif <laughs> i also watched sabrina the teenage witch what day is it what year is it? I don't even What's know. What's my name? I don't know anything. It's 1813, and we are in Austin land. Yes. Jane realizes that she has been bought the cheapest copper package of Austin land. I feel like if she dumped her entire life savings into this trip, that, like, the travel agent just, like, jacked some of her money and gave her the cheapest option. Okay, so... Not, like, I don't want to blow plot holes in this movie. However, I did read the book yeah. in, like, 2008, 2009. She does not put her life savings 
into this trip in the book. <laughs> it is a gift from her late great aunt. Upon her death, she gives Jane this trip to Austinland. And in the book, is it also the cheapest package? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it okay. is. Yeah. So, but I think it's just like that's what her aunt, like that's her aunt could afford for her, yeah. right? So, like I, but I just feel like, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I I really don't. I do remember that she. I don't think she was in as nice of a room. So I think that is correct. But it's been so long since I read the book. I don't want to say for sure, but like, I just felt like changing it from. She's so obsessed. She's putting her life savings into going on this trip versus her great aunt bought her this trip. Like, makes her a little bit more desperate than I think she needed to be. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think there's... It's kind of hard, too, right? Because, like, you know from the very beginning that she's a little obsessed. Yeah, and she is in the book, too. Yeah, and it's a little desperate, and so... Sure, in this reality, she would probably take all of her money and and go to Austin land. Right. But I think she doesn't quite realize how desperate she is until she's there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and she starts to see the way they kind of take her story and like warp it around to fit this narrative. And then she's like, oh, I'm kind of a mess. Huh. Right. Like, I'm paying people to treat me like this? Yeah. (laughs) So... I wonder if that's maybe what they were trying to do. Yeah. Versus yeah. What, what the book had. Because. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that I could see that. I could definitely oh, no. see that. Yeah. So Jane is definitely treated not quite as nicely by Mrs. Waddlesbrook as the other um, guests because she is not one of the more wealthy guests. There are guests and then there are like actor companions. Yeah, a lot. Yes. Yeah. So the other guest is Lady Amelia Hartwright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the actor companions are Colonel Andrews, played by James Callis. He was so funny. So funny. Oh, my God. I just, I forgot how much I loved him. Like, I watched, when I watched Battlestar Galactica, he was so great in it. And I yes. forgot, as Gaius Baltar. And mm-hmm. I forgot how funny he is. Then there is Henry Nobly, played by <laughs> Dumbest <everyone>. name. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I know, it is. Played by J.J. Field. And he is also Mrs. Waddlesbrook's nephew. And then the other actor sort of servant people are Martin, who we met earlier. He's the chauffeur, stable hand, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then there is, there's a couple other like, like side servants, care, like, but I don't yeah. really remember what their names are. I don't even know if we actually get a firm like what their names are. I don't think we get a name for almost any of them. Um and then there's Captain George East, who comes in, like, midway through the week, played by mm-hmm. Ricky Whittle, which I actually kind of feel like this is one of his biggest, or, like, his, like, breakout roles, because then he did The 100 after this, and then yeah. he did American Gods after that, and I, like, forgot that it was him. I know, me too. I actually, I, I really did forget that it was him, and I was like... When I started watching it again, or I, I watched the trailer again, I think yesterday or this morning, and mm-hmm. I was just like, what? Oh my God, <laughs> totally forgot. Um, so that was kind of like a funny sort of thing, you know, because I hadn't seen, like, I've seen episodes here and there of the, of the 100 and, like, um, of American Gods. Like, I haven't really 
Yeah. Just like peripherally. Like I haven't ever really like watched the whole thing for either of them. Unlike J.J. <laughs> Field, who like I've probably seen every movie he's been in <coughs> or TV show. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's so charming with his big old ears and cute face. It's so true. But he was definitely really good as um, in Northanger Abbey, which is a Jane Austen yes! uh, novel with Felicity. Uh, Jones? Nope. Brunette, was she in Rogue One? Yeah. Felicity Jones. Is that Felicity Jones? I don't mm-hmm. know why I thought that her name was something else. Yeah. He plays... Yes. So he plays Henry Tilney, which is just as the dumb name as Nobly, really. <laughs> These last names are killing me. And it is, yeah, Felicity Jones and Carrie Mulligan plays his sister. Ah! Yes. Beautiful casting. Uh, it is such a good movie. I highly recommend it if you like jane austen and you like pride and prejudice but it's something a little bit different it's a little bit more it was her more gothic novel Mm. um because Mm -hmm. the actress or the sorry the character who felicity jones plays she (laughs) she's like obsessed with gothic novels and it's just it's just a great it's one of my favorite jane austen books it's quite funny and it makes her a really good um for a really like a good movie so okay sorry you got super sidetracked <laughs> okay so yes everyone has met it's kind of like right off the bat <laughs> there's some roles that these actors kind of have right so mm-hmm. like colonel andrews is like you know he was in the army and he's got the whole royal sort of like red coat mm-hmm. shtick going on and then you know uh, Mr. Nobly is definitely like the Mr. Darcy of the group. And so, and then Nobly and um, Jane kind of like have this sort of like argument that really sort of mirrors that first meeting between Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, which I think obviously is like on purpose, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's kind of lovely because you know nobly is so unenthusiastic and like clearly he's filling the darcy role but he also like you see throughout the beginning of the movie that he needs to constantly be prodded by his aunt to like participate like he's so checked out that um that little bit of banter between them is like it sparks something in him which yeah to kind of like actually yeah and i think i mean you you know at the end of the movie you find out like it, he wasn't acting at all, yeah. right? And, and yeah. that was kind of the best part. So, but unfortunately, Jane has sort of soured to him right yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, her first impression of him is not good. And she's not like, good. She just wants some, like, gentle romance. She does not want to work for it. She's like, right. I just want someone to be nice to me. Right. And she finds that in Martin, the the stable hand who sort of flirts with her um, you know, and she seems to she seems to enjoy it and she flirts back with him and they sort of have these little moments together and then in this sort of like weird jealous moment, which is kind of surprising so soon in the movie, Nobly like rescues Jane from walking in the rain instead like so Martin was was going to get horses, but then like he took too long and she's like basically a drowned rat at this point. Yeah. It's like any situation, like, if you can make it shitty for Jane, it, it gets shitty for Jane. Like, it, her first few days there seem like a nightmare, to be honest. It's really, it's like, it's got real canvas tent appeal, okay? 
It really does. I feel for you. Um. So, yeah, it's – and then, you know, but she sort of is not swayed by Nobly's sort of heroic saving her. Um, yeah, I think what's really fascinating is that very quickly into her trip, she becomes, like – like exhausted by it like she's constantly like walking away from dinner and like sneaking out to like go for walks and like yeah she just seems like very there's like a lot of buyer's remorse in the first few days and so martin yeah plays this you know oh i'm just the hired help i don't really care about all of this like role playing so you can come hang out with me when you're like when you want a break and she does and she like loves that kind of because it feels know, like real. That, yeah, and it's like a secret, like a real kind of like secret dynamic for them. Yeah, and it, it also doesn't feel like a put upon act like she believes right. that Henry Nobly. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, and Martin really plays it up. You know, she like visits him in the barn and they're flirting and he like g- helps give birth like to a foal and she's just like. You know, and then he they like kiss and then they spend the whole afternoon together and <clears throat> it's really like kind of like really quick, but at the same time you're kind of rooting for Martin at that point because he is treating Jane way yeah. better than everyone is else is treating her except for maybe Lizzie, who mm-hmm. is just like in her element being like the most extra <laughs> regency lady to ever exist but she seems to really she really does seem to care about um jane which is nice i like that yeah i really i like the way that their friendship blossoms because i think it's just like lizzie wants to go and have a good time and she wants everyone around her to have a good time so she's like constantly hyping jane up to enjoy herself yeah exactly and then you know one of the other so that's when George East arrives at that point, and he's, like, flirting with Jane. Of course, that's sort of, like, he's kind of different than the other people who, you know, who she's met bef- before. So it's kind of nice, right, to have this. Yeah, I mean, he's this, like, super hot dude oh God, who comes so in with a vaguely offensive accent and flirts. What is that accent? <laughs> what? Is it supposed to be Caribbean? Like, but also she's like, oh, he's here from the West Indies. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but like gentlemen from the West Indies were white and they owned slaves. (laughs) Yeah. It It was a little bit weird. It's a little questionable, but he's hot and he takes his shirt off a lot. So (laughs) that I'm sorry, I just have to bring up one of my favorite parts when Lizzie Charming, a.k.a. Jennifer Coolidge, spills something on her like she just like spills it all over her chest like just her dumps her whole wine like over her chest and he's just like let me help you with that rips off his entire shirt and is like blotting at her chest and nobly's like couldn't you use a handkerchief like he's just so over it (laughs) like he's just so done he's He's like like, why is my aunt making me do this (laughs) oh my god but okay so you know, to go back to Captain East's arrival, Martin witnesses the flirtations. Yes. And when Jane sneaks away to see him later, thinking that they're just going to go back to their cute little, like, makeout sessions, 
he sort of rebuffs her and like makes her feel bad and it's like she's there for the experience and these actors are paid to interact with her so what do you want her to do you know? right and like, like and it kind of feels like, and this is what they, they try to, it, it kind of feels like, well, Martin's not really an actor. That's what he's kind right. of. He's like, I work the here, vibe. I'm not hired to be with you. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, I'm not really into this whole acting thing. Like, he's, you know, he kind of gives the vibe that he's, like, super into her for the sake of her. Not because <clears throat> that's sort of his role, you know, at, for this week or whatever. <sighs> so then... I feel like things just get, like, so much worse for Jane. So much worse. I mean, it's like Martin breaks up with her and she's sort of stuck in these, like, extremely boring moments. There's, like, a very funny scene where they're like, God, needlepoint? Like, why do we keep doing needlepoint? And it's (laughs) like, oh, I guess this is what women did back then. Right, exactly. And she's really bored and she's really miserable and she doesn't even have Martin to sneak off to anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And they're in the, they're in the, like, where do they hang out? Like the the sitting room? Yeah, they're in the sitting room. Yeah. And, um, we're listening to Amelia sing this disgusting song. Oh my god, it's so, (laughs) like, she's so painfully terrible. It's so bad. And then I guess, you know, they they say, all right, Jamie, we want you to play. And she's like, I only know one song. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just play that one song. And I feel like, just before we go into it, I feel like, again, this is one of those moments where Mrs. Waddlesbrook is like, kind of like being a bully to her and like mm-hmm. really like being like I don't know I just don't get her her motivations yeah like her customer service is shit like I <laughs> don't understand well right it's like even if even if Jane is paying for the cheapest amount she is still paying probably thousands of dollars to be there so right you know be nice to her. Yeah, like, it just seems so odd. Like, is she not worried about a bad Yelp review? I mean, Jesus. Right, exactly. Well, we find out later she she is. <laughs> yeah, so they they tell Jane to start playing. Yeah, and the only song that she knows is Hot in Here by Nelly. And, I mean, I'm not going to understand why that is the only song she happens to know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is actually probably one of my favorite favorite moments yes because she gets really into it and you see nobly sitting to the like left of her and he's like bopping his head and he's like kind of into it and it's probably one of the first moments where you see them like sort of just being like dorky together yeah you actually see that like maybe henry has a personality yeah and maybe it's very like compatible yeah. Two Janes. Yeah, and he really thinks it's quite funny that that's the that's the song she would play. And when Mrs. Waddlesbrook like freaks out, he's kind of like smirking to himself mm-hmm. that she would even do that. Right. Um. And he's you know he kind of like he kind of looks a little bit like impressed mm-hmm. that she would do that. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so after that, she sort of is like ushered from the room, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna go try and find Martin again." Right. And see if I can salvage, you know, whatever happened. Right. And she runs into Nobly, who yeah. I think, you know, is a little 
concerned for her at all times and like right, where right. she's wandering around. Yeah. But he's a big idiot and he puts his foot in his mouth about like her cavorting with the servants. I know. Ugh. And like we know at this point that all of the staff have their like off hours area where they sort of interact and like Martin is a dick. Yeah. And Nobly just doesn't really like him. And so no. I think it's but he doesn't know how else to say that to her because he's a doofus. Yeah. And then he just she he offends her by making yeah. her feel bad about what she's doing. Yeah, and then she's like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll go." She's like, "I'll go fuck myself." Great. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. Like, <laughs> great. Then she is like assaulted by Mr. Waddlesbrook on her way um to go to bed, which is <sighs> This is one part of, like, the book and the movie that I just, I don't love. Yeah. How Andrews, like, runs. So he hears, they hear Jane struggling um, to, like, push Waddlesbrook away. Mm-hmm. And Henry comes running out. And so does Andrews, who's, like, only wearing his wig and, like, and his boxers. Shorts. Um, and, you know, Andrew says something like, oh, we're not going to keep covering for you anymore. Yeah. Which is, like, real gross. It's really bizarre and makes you wonder just how bad it's gotten. And, like, I, yeah, I don't, I didn't love the implication there. I don't love any kind of, like. No, and I just. I, it doesn't really I, push the story. I don't know. It, I, I no, get it what doesn't. happens at the end, but it's like, did we need that? No. And the other thing is, I think, I think that is just very much a sign of the times in which the book was written. I think, yeah. um, and you know, and even the film was made. I think that was they used that trope. Well, and you know what's so funny to me about that scene is when Jane is like, this isn't very Regency appropriate of you. And I just kept thinking, oh, Mm. I think you're wrong. You're very wrong. (laughs) I think there's no uh, era of time where men weren't fucking creeps. So I think it's like, yep, you know. Yes. Yeah. Women have been assaulted by men for ever ever <laughs> since the dawn of time yeah it's not it's not new it's not. i know but what i do love about that scene is that she doesn't actually need anyone to save her she yes. knocks him flat on his ass well yeah because he's it's drunk great. off his butt yeah <sighs> yeah no i really love that and then and she's like i don't want you to walk me back to my room like i'm fine yeah. i've taken care of myself thanks and i think after that moment she's just like all right fuck it I am going to be the, you know, author of my own story and I am going to change my storyline here. I'm going to get out of these ugly clothes and I am going to be the babe of the Regency Ball. And this is the part I love is that Lizzie is just down for it. She's like, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Like, and she goes and like steals (laughs) a bunch of Amelia's costumes. Which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, but I love it so much. It's so good. And she's just like, she's doing uh jane's hair like she is ready like she just you know and it's really funny they do this like amazing montage to betty davis eyes it's so good the soundtrack is so good it's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie um this this montage like i just love it so much it's so great 
it's, <laughs> it's something else. I mean, like, and she looks beautiful. So good. So good. Like, truly, truly. I mean, Carrie Russell is such a babe. I mean, I've been kind of obsessed with her since Felicity, but. Of course. Who hasn't, honestly? God. Just that one fucker on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Ah! I'm still mad. Yeah, I don't love that review. It was harsh. She's a fucking... She's going to be an Oscar winner one day. She's so talented. I know. The Americans. Everyone watch it. It's like the best show ever made. <laughs> Which is so funny that we chose um, the r- movies that we did because next week we'll be talking about Ma- with Math- about Matthew Rice in uh-huh. Death Comes to Pemberley. That's but right! Oh, let's, my Austin babes. I know. Let's uh, get back to... <laughs> Austin land. <laughs> Lots of tangents this week. So Jane has like taken charge of herself. She is, you know, she's the main character. She's doing everything. And then somehow Mrs. Waddlesbrook discovers Jane's contraband cell phone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm, sorry, but you need to go. And she's basically like, you're kicked out of Austin land. Which again... Like, I, she, she paid a to be there. Yeah. Like, what kind of bullshit? Yeah, it's very, listen, Mrs. Waddlesbrook gives real historical costumer gatekeeping vibes. That's all I'm <laughs> say. Oh, my God. You used polyester? <laughs> I'm telling you. You didn't hand weave this wool? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. That is really the vibe that she gives off. <laughs> So, and then out of seemingly nowhere, Amelia basically is like, actually, it's my cell phone. And I was so distraught that I had accidentally kept it that Jane offered to keep it for me so I didn't have to look at it. It's like such a ridiculous lie. But because she's so rich. Yeah, it's just, it's also in that absurd accent that she has. She just sounds insane like every time whole, she talks. Her whole thing is insane. The way she walks in like She's this like weird, but it's like not graceful <laughs> in the slightest. It do, is like, do you know what it reminds I don't me even of? know. It reminds me of the Carrie walk from Sex and the City. You know, the meme where they're all just like flittering across yeah, like New York. Exactly. Like. It is kind of like that. It's, <laughs> it's just so terrible. Stupid. So I yeah, so it. Jane is then... She's safe. She can stay. Uh, And, you know, she's like, what does Amelia want? Mm -hmm. And she basically blackmails Jane into helping her and Captain Georgie's to be alone together because apparently last year they ended the vacation engaged. Yeah, which again, okay, so now you start to understand that um, that Amelia does this every year. Yeah. And that she has this like deep obsession with um, East. Yeah. And that's what she wants. She wants to make out with that dude every single time she's here. And that's her goal. So, and that's what she wants Jane to help her with. So in doing, and blackmailing her about the cell phone um, in doing so. And so because of that, Jane has to pick Nobly to be her partner for this theatrical performance that they are going to put on um, for Mrs. Waddlesbrook. And this is the part when, like, we actually get to see Jane and Nobly. Like, they're so cute. 
They have a lot of just natural chemistry, and I mean, I think that's definitely a, a shout out to Carrie Russell and JJ Field because. I mean, even in the very first scene they have together, there's definitely something there. Yeah. But when they get to be silly with each other, mm-hmm. it is just... Oh my God, the bad play. It is Ugh. such a great, great, great scene. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so funny and everyone is in top form. Everyone is so perfectly asinine in it. It's so true. That it really lets Jane and Nobly have this like really adorably fun experience with each other and like their chemistry is so obvious at that point and yeah it even you know i mean it's you just want them to smooch i know and really like that's what happens like this this whole sort of exciting dynamic that they're starting to like find in each other kind of culminates in the end of the theatrical performance when they run to her bedroom and they're like, oh, God, we're not actually supposed to be here together. We're not supposed to be alone together. Like, that's one of Mrs. Waddlesbrook's rules. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not supposed to be together. You know, you know, you should probably leave. And, like, they're holding hands. And, yeah. like, but nothing else really happens. And then, so he leaves. And then, like, they're standing on opposite sides of the door. And it's, like, so romantic. My favorite just, trope. Like, can I have the first two dances at the ball tomorrow? And she's like, you know, yes. And then he's like, let me back in. And you're like, what will happen? And then he just doesn't kiss her, but he does kiss her hand. And it is a hand kiss for the ages. You know me and how I feel about hand kissing. (laughs) I do. That scene. And it's like, J.J. Field's hands are so... (laughs) carrie russell's so tiny his hands are like i mean yeah they're huge it's it was a perfect scene i I don't know they didn't even need to kiss (laughs) i didn't have i mean but that's what you're like i haven't seen a movie in a really long time where you can like feel the tension emanating Mm -hmm, between mm -hmm, the two mm -hmm. romantic leads and like yeah for them to not even kiss and still have that much yeah exactly no, it was oh. So Let me good. rewind it like forty-seven times. Please. I know it's so true. It's so good. So after that, it goes right into the ball, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, all the servants are now there, dressed as guests. Everyone's dancing. Even Martin is dressed up, you know, in his finest yeah. attire. Um, and. It's at the ball where uh, Nobly basically tells Jane that he loves her without saying I love you. Yeah. He basically does con- confess that he, he, you know, really cares for her. And she just like has no idea what's real and what's not. And she believes that what he's saying is all part of waddlesbrook's plan for her to find love at the end of her you know by the end of her stay and so she leaves and and makes and leaves with martin which is like ugh, because she doesn't know. know how terrible he is i know and and it's 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 tough right because you know we've seen jane and henry have these sort of like quiet moments together like that one scene where um he's going through her sketchbook 
and he sees all of the pages of his face. Yes. He's like, oh, I'm I'm in here more than anyone else is. And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to figure you out. And mm-hmm. they both have this conversation about, like, what they like about the experience. And yeah. really they're talking about what they like about each other, kind of. And it's, like, this yes. really cute thing. And yeah, when he's confessing to her how he feels, she's like, oh, okay, I really – like, we've talked about this, and I really, I can't. Like, it's getting too much for me. Like, I, right. you know, this is great, but, like, I need it on a real level. And Yes. Yeah, I know, which is so sad because, like, he is being, he's real, but we just don't know that, and she doesn't know it, and, you know, it's just, ugh. So, yeah. she spends the evening, um with martin and she's like you know i'm supposed to fly back to london but maybe i could move my flight and but she doesn't end up really doing that he kind of disappears right well so they agreed to spend some time together and then she has her checkout with mrs waddlesbrook and mrs waddlesbrook right. reveals yes that right. nobly was never assigned to her and that it was actually martin and Jane is like, what the? No, like, no, Martin just works here. He doesn't, like, whatever. And mm-hmm. and so she gets really upset because she feels extra duped. And right. she threatens Mrs. Waddlesbrook with the knowledge that her husband assaulted her. Yes. Which then leads Mrs. Waddlesbrook to call Martin mm-hmm. to try and finesse the situation. Yeah, almost like just keep gaslighting Jane. Yeah. In order to make sure that she doesn't sue or reveal possible, like, you know, assault on other people that clearly probably have happened. Right. Exactly. So Martin arrives at the airport and Jane's, like, not having any of it. Like, she is like, no. Yeah, she's so no. pissed. Yeah, she's And I, I think she finally has this, like, wake-up moment of, like, okay, I have to, I have to start. I'm done. Live yeah. in the real world and not this. Yeah, I'm over this. Regency Jane. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm over this. I'm done. I'm done with it. And then Nobly arrives, still dressed in his eight, his 19th century outfit. The boy panicked. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, so much. Um, And I think what's so fun is that, okay, so we have Jane and Martin and Nobly in the airport. All of the flight attendants are watching, like, leaning over the counter to get as close as they can. And we get a Bridget Jones moment of, like, a full-on fight between both of the, like, romantic leads. Ridiculous. With Martin obviously playing the role of Hugh Dancy. (laughs) Um, not Hugh Dancy, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, yeah. <laughs> Too many British shoes in the world. Too many British shoes, yeah. But what's like super great and uh, a like recurring theme is Jane is like, no, I don't need any of this. I don't need you. I don't need you to walk me home. I don't need you to save me. I don't need you to yeah. come and profess your love to me. Like I am so done Go, and over yeah. it. Goodbye. See you later. Have a nice life. Poor Jane. It is very sweet that when Henry again tries to be like, listen, like, I, I wasn't lying to you. I really, truly feel this way. She, like, kisses him on the cheek and was like, you were absolutely perfect and then leaves and goes home. 
Yeah, I know. And and it's almost like really sad for him because he, she, you know, she basically says whether it was real or not, you were perfect. And he's just like, it was real. But yeah. like he can't, she won't believe him, right? She she can't trust it now, right? Because of everything that Mrs. Waddlesbrook and everything that Martin had done, like she can't trust it. Yeah. And then we have this like montage of her cleaning out her apartment. Which like, girl, thank God. Because yeah, it was... It was a lot. They really made her, like, a little sad. Pathetic. With the Mr. Darcy fangirl It was too much. Bedroom. It was too much. Too much. Yeah. So, like, keep the teapots, but, like, (laughs) get rid of the full-size Colin Firth. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have, like, this perfect, like, wonderful moment. Between yes. Nobly and Jane. So Jane thinks that her best friend is coming over. And when she hears a knock on her door, she's like, all right, come on in. And it's Nobly dressed in the most, I mean, sexy blazer. Very professory vibes. Very professor. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's just so like soft when he's there. Like, it's I so know. cute. He is. He really is. Because she left her sketch pad at the resort and he wanted to return it. And she's like, you know, you couldn't have just mailed this to me, right? And he goes, yeah, I definitely thought about that. Sure. I definitely thought that it would be the normal thing to do instead of flying right. thousands like, of miles to yep, be I, here. I could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they just, you know, he basically tells her that. You know, she is everything that he wants. Yeah, I think... You know, he does love her. Yeah, I think that's kind of my favorite um, little part. She's like, no, this is a fantasy. You're a fantasy. This is, you know, this isn't real. And he's like, well, haven't you ever thought that maybe you're my fantasy? Like, maybe you're what I want. I mean, he's a history professor who, you know, liked, you know, who agreed to do this sort of like experience of austin era because he loves Mm -hmm. history and you know and you know she loves history too obviously in some some way you know she loves austin and everything and yeah it's just such a great scene and she finally like believes him and then they kiss at the end and it's just perfect it's adorable uh but the mid-credits scene (laughs) is so stupid so so right at the end before Jane leaves Austinland, she has this conversation with Lizzie. And Lizzie is like, I'm actually going to stay for another week to, like, see the new recruits and, you know, make sure they know that Captain or Colonel Andrews is, you know, not available. Which, like, it's hard to tell if Andrews actually liked, like, he seems to really not like her. And yeah. then he seems to like, maybe like her, but then also, it's very weird. Yeah, and they make the joke that maybe he's gay, and, like, that's fair, because he's so against, like, physical touch with her. But, like, right. again, I don't know, it's kind of a cheap joke, but... Yeah, it was. It definitely was a little bit of a cheap do. joke. But Lizzie, in that scene, says, I think I might buy Austin Land from Mrs. Waddlesbrook. 
and uh, Jane is like, you you should. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. she clearly is very rich. And that's kind of, she doesn't go into it and you don't really find anything else. And then this mid-credit scene reveals that she has bought Austin Land and turned it into this, like, insane theme park with, like, roller coasters and, like, it is, like, it is so bonkers. But, like, that must have been such a fun scene to film. (laughs) It must have been so much fun because it's also, like, uh, you know, um, Colonel, like, Captain East is doing, like, a strip show and um, Mr. Waddlesbrook is picking up garbage and, like, it is sort of a, uh, it's like everyone has got their, like, just ends, Right, exactly, exactly. so funny. And it's also a total joy to see J.J. Field in an I Love Mr. Darcy t-shirt. I know. And then at the very end, like, Martin is, like, snubbed by one of the guests. And he's just, like, mm, flying and then drives <laughs> off in his little golf cart. It's just, like, so great. I know. I love it. <sighs> I love that. It's such a great, such a super great movie. I mean, I'm a sucker for just, like, really silly meta, you know? Yeah, like, I sure. thought it was such a clever idea. And Carrie Russell can watch her in a toothpaste commercial. I mean, I think she's so talented. So it's like... I agree. A win-win. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> well, Daria, did you want to talk about our new section of the podcast? Yeah, guys. So... You know, Jenny and I are really avid readers. We especially love romance. And we have been reading some really incredible books lately. And so I think, you know, as long as we've been reading, we're going to talk about some of our favorite books. And this week, we're going to go from one rom-com to another. We are talking about the Spanish love deception. I love this book so much. This, um, the author, uh, Elena Armas, I think I'm saying her name right, it's her first book. I cannot believe it's her debut. It is so It is, like, one of the best books I have read in a very long time. Like, it is so good. Like, I, it wasn't even finished, and I immediately went to, like, my group chat, and I was like, every single one of you must read this book, because I need to talk about it with everyone I know. (laughs) I I read it in one sitting. I just said, okay, fuck my Saturday night. I'm going to lay in bed and I'm going to read the Spanish love deception until I'm yeah. done. I read it over, like I finished it. You told me about it on Saturday. No, yeah. Sunday morning. I started it Sunday and I finished it Monday. Yeah. Um. So the Spanish love deception is filled with <sighs> juicy, juicy tropes. There's fake dating there's enemies to lovers there's only one bed only one bed there's like kind of the grumpy man and Mm -hmm. it's just so i mean listen there's no book in the world that's telling a new story but the way that she crafts these characters and these (sighs) moments and the tension it's a slow burn but it is a steamy slow burn. Like, it's like the kind of slow burn where you're the frog in the pot and you don't realize you're being boiled alive because it's just so steamy. The whole- Daria has just died. She's, like, hyperventilating right now. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, it's no, so... Sp- it is, like, 
you are you're... so it is so hot and so <laughs> tense and like there was moments when i had to like put the book down because i was just like my heart was racing so fast like what i have not had that feeling in so long when i read a book it's it's true it's true it's there's there aren't many books where i'm like actually laughing out loud yeah yes and moments where i'm like giggling like a 14 year old girl like it you just sort of weave back and forth in this sort of like oh my god is this happening oh my god this is happening oh my god is this happening like that's the the general vibe and it has such a satisfying ending and and her like descriptions of her characters are really great yes and i also really really love the way that she was able to incorporate the spanish language into the book Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that it was in there. I liked that, you know, she does speak Spanish to her family and it's not all just in English, but it says it's in Spanish. You know what I mean? Like when some, yeah. like there, that, that moment happens here and there, mm-hmm. but like for the most part, like she actually, the character, um, Catalina is actually speaking Spanish to her family and it's just in the book. And like, I thought, like, as I started reading it, I was like, oh, I mean, like, is this going to be, like, she kind of explains what they say yeah. as it's going, but I thought mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, this is kind of like, would it be hard to understand just because I don't speak Spanish? But I realized that, like, I know way more Spanish than I realized. I know, me too. <laughs> like, so much more. And I was like, hey, damn girl, I'm impressed. But also, Kindle has this amazing feature where you can just, like, highlight the line and it translates it for you. So, like, when I, if there was, like, one or two words that I was, like, not really sure of, then I would just, like, highlight the whole line and it would translate the whole thing. And, like, it was great. Like, I I truly enjoyed it. Oh, see, I I bought the, I was, like, in Target buying Mm. things I didn't need and it was 20% off and I just took it right off the shelf. Oh, my God, I'm so uh, glad you did. I can't highlight, but... It is, it was honestly so great. Like, I really, oh, I just loved it so much. All the characters were so great. The dynamics between the characters, between the family members, between the cousins, like, it really felt so real to me. Like, with someone who had, like, I, (laughs) I have 13 first cousins on my mother's side only. I have a very big family. Mm -hmm. And... It's, like, I, I just felt the dynamic felt so real. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? And I think, too, what I really enjoyed was, you know, not only the romance, obviously, which is a big drive yeah. to read books like that, but also Lena's conflict at work, you know, being the only woman in the Oof. room. I mean, it's, it's extremely yeah. relatable. Uh-huh. And I yeah. love the way it was handled. And I, yeah, I, guys, phew. Like, 4.5 out of 5 for me in yeah, terms like, of, like, ratings. I don't do that. But this was a really good book. And yeah, I think like everyone there was, should read it. There was very few things that I did not like in this book. Like, it would, it would be difficult for me to pick things that I didn't like in the book. And also the fact that, like, clearly the hero is based on Henry Cavill. That helped. <laughs> Like, and we're not saying that just because, like, we're like, oh, you know, <laughs> Henry Cavill kind of sounds like him. No, she specifically says he looks like Clark Kent. <laughs> and I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm completely happy about it. it was I am, too. I really am, too. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was a nice uh, no, companion I, to finishing up The Witcher, that's for sure. 
Yes. Yeah. I, but I honestly just, like, there was moments on Sunday and Monday when I was, like, literally scream texting Daria, like, screaming in all caps about this book because it was just, I just love it so much. Like, it was so, it was everything that I have, like, wanted to read in a book. Uh, So, as we sort of dive into our romance Regency countdown to Bridgerton, um, we have some exciting things planned. We have some really cool guests that yes. we're going to be podcasting with in the next few weeks. And we are also doing something I think pretty fun that we mentioned last time. We're going to find out, thanks to all of you guys who participate, who the best Mr. Darcy is. And like, we can all say, oh yeah, it's subjective to people's tastes or whatever, but no. Okay. No, we need to know once and for all who is we, it. We have so many options. So and many. I'm I'm dying to know who's gonna win out. I, know. I think we there could be an upset. Who we knows? don't know. It could be Wishbone. I hope it's Wishbone. <laughs> I really, really, <laughs> truly hope it's Wishbone. <laughs> So please keep your eyes open on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to be opening up the bracket very soon. Yes. To definitively decide who the number one (laughs) ultimate Mr. Darcy is. I can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, And if you have very strong feelings about this or anything else that you would like to chat with me and Daria about, You can join our super special Hotel Vicarious VIP Discord group. Uh, Our link is in our bio on all of our socials. So you can find the invite and come chat with us. We are going to be talking about all of the movies that we are reviewing and recapping in our countdown to Bridgerton. And of course, we're going to be talking about Bridgerton. We'll have some episode threads so we can dive deep into all things Anthony Bridgerton. (laughs) We all know why Jenny is watching season two. We all know. I have been waiting for 10 years to see the Viscount who loved me in my eyeballs. Okay. Like that's how long ago I read this book the first time. Like I have been waiting so long. Anthony Bridgerton is like my favorite romance hero like one of my favorite romance heroes of all time so i am very excited uh that's for a this. big title to bestow i know he's not like my like i have a couple i'm not gonna say there's like one definitive <laughs> but he's like definitely up there uh, you know a viscount who loved me sounds like a james bond title like the spy who loved me yeah exactly it kind of does <laughs> Isn't there an Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me? I don't there know. is. It, there's a lot. I get you, Julia Quinn. I get you. Yeah, exactly. You know, my <laughs> count who shagged me would also go very well for this theme. It would work so well. Let's change the title. Right? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on our first countdown episode. If you want to listen to our back episodes um, of the podcast, you can um, at www.hotelvicarious.com. You can also email us all your thoughts about Mr. Darcy and who you think it should be 
uh, hotel <laughs> Matthew McVadian <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, and you can follow us on socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hotel Vicarious. Check out our link tree for the Discord group. And if you feel so compelled, rate us, review us on wherever you listen and get our voices in your ear holes. Our beautiful dulcet tones. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for checking into Hotel Vicarious. And we hope you enjoyed your stay.